tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Rain Season 2 finale after show here on After Buzz TV. It is Phil Svitek solo today. Uh, we will be doing the Season 2 kind of recap with JB Zimmerman, with Keaton Markey, and myself next Thursday. But today, you get me, you get my thoughts. However, I feel like I'm pretty good at channeling the thoughts of Keaton and JB now that I've gotten to know them. For an extended period of time doing this after show here on AfterBuzz TV. Before we fully get into it, if you haven't already subscribed, do so. YouTube.com slash AfterBuzz TV, Facebook, Twitter, um, iTunes, SoundCloud, all these places uh, where we're uh, where the content is available and it's available for free. Um, let me start off by saying, first and foremost, um, this did not go any of the ways that I had predicted, that JB had predicted, maybe JB had something more in his mind, but certainly from what he told me, it did not go that way. And I gotta say, I actually enjoyed it. My wish was to see, you know, 45 minutes of all-out war for the for the throne, but we didn't get that, and it was okay. We handled, I did not expect them, uh, more so specifically Mary, to do what she did in the first five minutes of the of this episode and i love that more or less it became a very tactical episode but so many tactics happened um and it wasn't uh yes there was it, it was related to romance but it was also very very much political and i i rather enjoyed that i really did um but let's start with kind of we'll we'll start with the lesser of the storylines and kind of build up um there's not much with greer happening here however um you know, I have to applaud her because in in past episodes or in an a past episode, when Mary says that you know the the for lack of a better term the whores now work for the queen, it really it, it was such a great foreshadow of how it would be used, and um, and I think Greer feels very vindicated in that sort of way, especially with what what's been happening with Leif, and so for her to be able to to offer up her services to Francis. Um, indirectly, but obviously to Mary in the conquering of, of the coup, you know, it was, it was a great moment to see. And, um, and I, I really enjoyed how this kind of came full circle this season, you know, despite the exile of Greer, you know, uh, she may not have a place in the castle, but that doesn't mean they can't remain friends. And that's what they've shown. And it's, it, it no other way to put it. It's just great to see. Um, next up, we have to have to talk about Bash and Kenna. Um, there's a lot going on there. It's it's always been a back and forth, and it's really it's really unfortunate because one person is always behind the eight ball of the other, 
and it keeps switching. You know, Bash has secrets, then Kenna has secrets, Bash has secrets. And I thought uh, tonight we would reach a level where they would both um, come to the same point at the same time. And to see that it wasn't, and, you know, I the, the most heartbreaking thing is that I understand where Kenna is coming from. We've talked about this multiple, multiple times. As a female, during these times, you, you, for better or worse, you just don't have many options. You have to be depend. You know, your your perceived value is, for the most part, seen through the eyes of men. Uh, you know, and that's you, you gain your credibility credibility in that way. Um, and to have a child with Renault certainly does not set her up for a great future whatsoever and you know she she goes back to bash for that reason first and foremost however i do believe that that there was an inkling of wanting to get back with with bash for the right reasons but just the way it came off obviously as bash learned through delphine that uh this child that she has a child and that this child is not his it is in fact renault's you know, it's just, it just realigned them, uh, in, it, it just separated out their tracks once again. And I don't know at which point they become inseparable. Um, you know, I, I joked about it, I believe last episode with JB, but the fact of, um, you know, as much as these characters are quote unquote ending their relationships all the time, whether, whether Laith and Greer, um, whether Francis and Mary, which we'll obviously talk about, and, you know, in this particular case, Kenna and Bash, as long as you're in the same vicinity, as long as you have to deal with each other day to day, there's always going to be that chance to progress, that chance for meetings, that chance to reconcile, um, which obviously continues to, to happen for the most part with these characters. And, but the question ultimately will become at what point is too much, too much, and I think um, one of one of the certain kind of themes of this entire season, if you want to look at it in this way, is that uh, we do things for love that don't necessarily make sense. Uh, this was highlighted last episode and the episode before that in particular, um, but it, it's been a through line throughout the whole season. And so, with with Bash and Kenna, is this the final straw? Can it be reconciled in season three? That that remains to be kind of debated, um, but we'll see. You know, um, it, it's just one of those things. Um, you know, what complicates it is certainly Delphine in this particular instance because here's Bash and Kenna who've who've made up, and he's ready to tell Del- Delphine that you know, uh, even though she has his support. And you know he brought her into the castle that he's going to remain with Kenna. He's going to he's going to work things out with Kenna, uh, and that's when she trusts the mom. We don't really see um, how kind of what he was planning to do with Delphine in that moment. Obviously, it's complicated simply because of everything that's happening with her, uh, which I'll go into in a moment. But it doesn't leave Kenna and Bash in a good place whatsoever, um, even if. Even if Bash kind of found out the information without Delphine, I don't know if he'd be if the hopes would be good for Kenna and Bash in this regard. Um, 
certainly things are progressing for Kenna. Uh, she has her king from from what the you know the region of Russia, um, the Baltic seas, and things like that. He's clearly way too young, and and she obviously is very hesitant of that fact. Um, she says to him, "This will be interesting how it plays out because you know she wants to bring her her sister's." Uh, child next upon you know kind of their next meeting things like that so obviously she's setting things up there in, in quite a way um you know and, and she's setting it up so it's months down the line so that way she, he doesn't see her through this pregnancy and then she can have the child and then they can kind of uh begin their future or kind of see it in that way um you know i i thought kenna was a little bit alarmed by the fact that she is being set up with a king, uh, and number one, it's 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 certainly a young king, and I, that worries her. But more so, I think it's the king portion of it because she's she's dealt with so many kings, um, you know, or, or she's kind of been affected by, you know, obviously there's King Henry, but even through King Francis, knowing what how it's affected Mary and Francis's relationship and. And everything there, uh, I, I think she is nervous for the most part, but she's going to go along with it, and you know, ultimately, we'll see kind of where that leads to in season three. Speaking of Delphine, this, you know, I, I think I've made it no secret that the the supernatural element of the show to me, I'm not the biggest fan of it. Um, the good news is that at least for me. They don't spend a whole lot of time on it. Um, and the reason I say that is because there's so much more uh, to the show, I think, tactically and you know through politics and romance, how the show can go, that to, to bring in a supernatural element. Um, you know, I'm kind of not necessarily the biggest fan. What I, what I do like and appreciate is that it isn't, um, you know, it doesn't go into the realm of, let's say, True Blood, Vampire Diaries, the original, in the sense that it, it says this this is real or this is not real. It kind of much like in the time it allows you to decide, okay, is this really, um, is this really just pagan superstition or is this actual witchcraft and whatever else? And, and certainly, you know, uh, kind of things point in one way or another that, you know, you, you always get kind of evidence of both, but ultimately it's up to you as a viewer to decide, is this the way it is? Um, you know, um, and, and so I, I like that aspect of it. Um, you know, now what happened with Bash? Could he really feel, you know, are they really binded? You know, um, you could say that they are. Who knows? You know, um, again, that's kind of ultimately up to you to decide in terms of whether or not this power is real. Um, you know, I think there are people that could predict this stuff. But the point being, they didn't spend a lot of time on it. But, you know, in terms of Delphine, obviously, um, the princess Claude, she was, you know, she had her superstition. She was very frightened. Uh, they immediately went to Bash. He was he was investigating it, and obviously Bash has such a weird history with these types of things, so that he's you know protective and, and sensitive to both sides. Um, and the fact that Delphine, you know, she's being burned, um, and she kind of ex escapes after that. You know, who knows where that's going to go. I think, uh, you know, I think, I think a portion of season three will be spent um, on that storyline. And, you know, 
I don't know. I, w- I would like to see, in terms of that, I would like to see for this particular episode, maybe they could have gone into it more, how it affected them directly for this episode. Um, it just kind of was a thing to deal with, um, you know, and a distraction from everything else, that certainly the coup. Would, but um, but I'm not, you know, that doesn't mean that it was a bad storyline by any any, any means, you know. it's uh, he got to kind of set these things up for, for the next seasons, and that, that's what they're doing. Um, so I, I can appreciate that. Beyond that, um, you know, in terms of what she, I'm always, and one of the reasons why I get, for lack of a better term, frustrated, but in a good way with these things is because, you know, I want to know what, what ultimately she was doing to the, to the boy, um, you know, where it was headed. And that, that's the problem. As I said, you got to make up your own mind about these sort of things. And that can be frustrating because, you know, ultimately, ultimately, is she, is she good? What? You know, it it does look very, very bad what she did with, you know, with with the maid servant boy. Um, you know, the, there's the symbol. Uh, he's dead on the floor and all these things. So it, you know, from the looks of it, obviously doesn't look good whatsoever. Um, so um, I bash recognize that, and you know, he's torn with it as much as I would say you and and I are. So. It is what it is, and we'll see kind of how it picks up in season three. All right, so we're we're slowly closing in on the big storylines of the day. Uh, let's start with, uh, which by the way, I love the switch from Narcisse to Stefan. Um, when I obviously know when kind of the switch happened, but why I don't know. I, I like calling him Narcisse. Uh, I thought it, I, it's a very fitting name of him. It's an exotic name. And I enjoy it. I don't necessarily like calling him Stefan. Um, but nonetheless, he plays a major... What I, what I liked about today's episode, I think in many ways, uh, he's a... For lack of a better term, he's almost like a... You know, he, he's a, he's become a house cat, but he doesn't want to be a house cat. He wants to still... He, you know, obviously his his rise in power has kind of... He's been able to do things politically and, and things like that, but his claws... To a degree, we're we're, we're uh, tamed, and now he he comes out in full force, and he's able to save the day, for lack of a better term. He's able to really get out of the castle. He's really able to exploit his knowledge. He's able to act, act upon certain things um, and be in the midst of the action rather than just call, than just calling the shots. and And I think that excited him first and foremost. A really interesting line from him that he says to to Mary, and I like that Mary made him confront her rather than having to go to Francis directly. I thought that was a um, a very big power move. But in terms of Narcisse, him saying, you know, I thought there was there was uh, nothing worse than the hatred of Catherine de, uh, de Michi. And through this, he found out that uh, love could be worse. And certainly, that, that kind of go. A lot of the things that we're talking about in this episode directly correlate to, you know, certainly the season, but more, more specifically, what I love the direct actions of last episode. Uh, you know, when, when she killed his horse and fed it to him, you know, a horse that he truly loved, it was a gift from her to him. And that's, you know, that that's how it comes full circle. And so. For him, obviously, very upset through this and very telling of of the power of of Catherine, and so he takes it upon himself to 
to gain this knowledge and use it for less, more, you know, more or less to his advantage. Now, what happens with him and Lola remains to be seen. They they made it a, a point visually as Catherine's kind of being exiled from this to have Narcisse to directly look at Lola, Lola look at him, and they went from shot to shot to shot um, for for quite a good time. It wasn't just you know a glance and then we cut away next scene. It really there was no unless you were literally staring uh, at the ground for an extended period of time. There's no way you could miss that, and I think that was the purpose of that. And obviously I think Lola is certainly thankful and that's why Narcisse did it. Um, I think he did it uh, for various other reasons as well. But um, interestingly enough, uh, you know, for better or worse, Narcisse has had the soft spot for Lola. And, um, you know, I I think it's paying off for him. Uh, And we'll see how how it kind of ultimately goes. But certainly, um, you know, it, it he, he was able to save a lot of chain reactions for uh, for Francis and Mary, um, at least from their perspective. Now, whether or not you know, in the grander scheme, you know, the the, the big picture, as they teased it, this episode was going to be Queen versus Queen versus Queen, and at the time, we didn't quite, at least I didn't, understand what form that would take, what that would fully mean. But obviously, Mary is very much at odds with with Catherine uh, in this episode and you know it becomes who do you side with um and you could do it from an emotional standpoint and from an emotional standpoint obviously we're you know i would say the audience me myself and, and you at home included our team uh mary slash francis however you know it becomes a greater discussion of politics of what is what is ultimately better um, you know, kind of outweighing for for the greater good. I mean, if, if Catherine is this much willing to to hurt, you know, the words not hurt Francis, but to put him through this pain, however temporary it may be in her eyes. Um, obviously, she feels strongly about it, and so you know, you have to kind of weigh what is she going, what is she going up against. And now we've we've opened up that door in in the weirdest of ways um, to kind of recap just where we are. Obviously, Catherine is offering up um, Mary's head to Queen Elizabeth, which obviously she she wants nothing more uh, there. How that's going to take shape, who knows? Conde is out and about. Um, you know whether or not Queen. Certainly, I, I think Queen Elizabeth doesn't necessarily need him. Um, she would have used any means to 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 get at Mary, and Conde was a um, pardon the pun a conduit for that. However, you know he's still out there. How that remains to you know what form that will shape, I don't know. You know it, it's going to be interesting, but in in terms of Catherine. We'll see how this this really comes back. I mean, you know, we always say ultimately, I don't know. In many ways, we we don't see myself, Keaton, and, and JB life beyond just uh, execution. And 
you know, that's credit to the show because they set it up as, you know, it has to be life and death. Um, but obviously, Conde is alive, which none of us would have predicted. In fact, uh, a lot of, you know, JB predicted that uh, that Francis would have to go. Uh, or actually, I think it was more so Keaton predicted that Francis would have to go. And obviously, that didn't happen. Well, neither did Conde. In terms of uh, Queen Catherine, you know, she's exiled. And how that's going to play out, you know, will Francis kill her or not? And that's why, you know, I, th- I, I think we... The death of King Henry in season one really set us up um, almost for what we thought would be a formula of how to get rid of, you know, Narcisse. We predicted the only way this could work is Narcisse being dead. And yet um, the writers there and therefore the characters are much more smart than that. They they play things politically. They, they see things kind of more through how they can play out. And, it you know, as much as killing is an option there are better ways to do it and i I certainly appreciate that speaking of conde never in my wildest dreams as i mentioned at the top of the episode would i have imagined this is how things would go down within the first you know within the first five minutes uh she she tells him that uh there's cannons um he strategizes utilizing this information and through Greer, obviously, we've kind of created like a, a fake plague, and that has destabled his entire army, and so much so, and 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 she's kind of gained his and, and afforded his trust, Condes, and then she she literally stabs him within the first five minutes. Um, he he felt so betrayed in that moment, and despite all that, you know, in the in dungeon dungeon, as he says, you know, he's still miraculously loves her um but uh it was it was first and foremost what I, what I loved is that it set up mary in a very strong way you know she's she's very much willing to do what she has to do um and i think it finally rectifies her relationship with francis you know she made her choice in terms of who she wanted to be with certainly uh, you know which which is francis and they've kind of rekindled that but um you know i th- i think what what it certainly showed you know whether whether the greater whole or, but at least certainly the audience that she's will- she's able and willing to do what she has to do when pushed and you know we can debate all day whether or not uh, the the events of season 2 are her fault or not or how how it could have been fixed and and it's certainly not good but um but it is what it is, and when when she needed to, she came. This was an amazing, amazing plan, and it, you know she she fooled him. That's that's as simply as it can be put. Um, and the fact that Francis also was willing to not necessarily execute uh, Conde because he could have very much just done that. He very much chose to have him be alive and and try to do this in a political way, which as we just talked about has led kind of Catherine to do what she needs she had to do because she's not she's very much upset at um not just you know she's as much as she's upset with Francis's actions uh she's much more upset at Mary's power over Francis um and it, it it's interesting that way because certainly in season 1 we we've seen that um seen that seen that played out but it was very playful. And then, you know, they, they started kind of, they had this 
weird bond where although they were rivals, it was very much um, they needed each other regardless because there was no one else who would understand, you, you know, uh, what Mary was going through, what Catherine was going through, and and so they were able to relate in that way. And yet, through these events, oddly enough, um, you know, and, and in some ways I was blinded to it. There is this huge hatred, and this is what it's led to. And there's no turning back. You know, I don't, I don't know if you can turn back from that. Um, so it is what it is. And that's kind of a overall the season two finale. I mean, there's what I loved was that there was so many twists and turns along the way, as uh, tac- tactically, that, uh, that that I enjoyed it. It didn't have to be this uh, Lord of the Rings, um, have a Hobbit battle the five armies type of battle. It could really be all done within the court, all done within with words in the best ways. Um, so that's what I enjoyed about it most. Let me know your guys' thoughts on the on the finale. I thought I yeah I thought it was brilliantly done. Uh, from what I'm reading, a lot of fans have enjoyed it, and we're setting up season three to be amazing. Um, I know we've kind of predicted Queen Elizabeth to come in season two. Obviously, she came, uh, but literally at the very end. So um, we expected her a little bit sooner, but I think we've set things up in a, in a great way. In fact, uh, you know, kind of tying into news and gossip. Um, one after Buzz TV news. Uh, CW had their upfronts and. Uh, Alan Kane was there. Uh, obviously, the, you know the upfronts are. It tells us what shows kind of get renewed, what shows are you know launched. Uh, we're coming back with Rain, obviously, which is which is great news. But I, you know, they, they interviewed Alan, and what what I liked about her responses was, um, you know, they, they talked about obviously the pivotal moment of the the rape scene and. Kind of how how she needed to prepare for it and what she what she did enjoy, um, albeit it was it took a lot of prep mentally, was how dark the season went. I mean, you know, uh, season one was was dark, but it was it was still fun. Season two got darker, and the consequences of everyone's actions. I mean, what I love is even though we're we're seeing these people. Um, it affects a nation, and so the heavier it can affect these characters, the more the more weight it has. And um, and season three just it, it, it's going to be exciting uh, to, to see kind of how where it goes now that Queen Elizabeth is literally in the picture. Um, so I think that'll be fun, and uh, you know there's there's no turning back. So I'm not going to get into predictions necessarily today. Um, I promised, I promised you guys last time, and I opened it up with it at the top of the show. We will do a season two recap this coming Thursday, so look forward to that. It'll be myself, JB, and Keaton. Um, so we'll kind of get into more theories about where season three is going to go. We'll, we'll, you know, that that'll be a large chunk of what we talk about. Obviously, we'll talk about favorite moments of season two. Um, but I feel like, uh, you know, and we'll, we'll do an extended kind of cast corner. We'll, uh, we'll catch up for lost time because I know we haven't been doing that for a little bit. So, uh, and I know it has kind of become a fan favorite. So I want to make sure we don't rob you of that and that we include that. Here's how we do it. Number one, let us know. Go, go back in the comments. Let us know castles that you'd like to see maybe touched upon some of your favorite castles that we could share with, you know, our fans, uh, the other fans. 
uh, you know. So let us know maybe, you know, whether it's your favorite castle or your top five castles. Let us know so we can kind of go off that list. Um, and also let us know your favorite moments of the season, your favorite characters, whether or not they, they were just, uh, you know, here in a flash or they're more reoccurring. Certainly Narcisse is one of my favorite characters that was introduced this season. So uh, let's, let's, let's make it as interactive as we can. And the way to do that is really, you know, get in the comments now so that way we can we can see these we can formulate based around those um thank you thank you guys from the bottom of my heart on behalf of jb zimmerman on behalf of keaton markey and Fania thomas and Meta mega from uh season one you know we, we we appreciate you guys having been uh with us for a long time now uh for such a great show talking about such a great show uh we really do appreciate it um we'll see you next thursday from executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 